the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning. This is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. I got Ken with me again today. Morning, Doc. We're doing a radio show, buddy. We're riding those airwaves into our fans' ears. Oh, boy, here we come. So how you doing, Ken? I'm doing just fine. How you feeling today, sir? Well, you know, I had that COVID a few weeks back, and, and I've got that post-COVID cough, and Ken and I were talking about it before the show, and Ken said, oh, yeah, everybody's coughing up a lung. And he said, by the way, I'm going to take a smoke break. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Only on this show will you get that. <laughs> Sorry, I had to turn my voice down because I had a cough there for a second. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> All right. Huh? Yeah, hi, so, but you still got the cough. I still got the cough and the, uh, you know, all the excretions coming out, but I won't tell you which end. And, uh, <laughs> so why are the rest of us coughing? Uh, because everybody's had COVID or the flu or whatever it is that causes. I think it was probably COVID. You know, a lot of people had a subclinical case or just a mild case, and they didn't even check on it. This thing is really ripping uh, through. It's uh, ripping through China now, too. So apparently the big... Society, you know, the large population societies that are close together that are packed in big cities like uh, China and the United States are experiencing a, a big increase in this. And I'm sure like in Brazil and the big cities there, Rio and Sao Paulo, I'm sure that they're having the same problem. But they're fighting another uh, beast right now. You know, the communists are fighting the, the capitalists as to whether or not who's going to rule the country. Lulu. Lula, Lulu, is that his name? Uh, it sounds close enough to me. <laughs> close enough. Yeah. And speaking of which, uh, you remember the president when he said he was taking Plaquenil as prophylaxis against the COVID virus and the whole world, all the intelligentsia poo-pooed him and, and made him, uh, shamed him and made it sound like he was making this up. And you remember that? Sure. Yeah. Became a huge political thing. Yeah. Well, uh, Jay Lou from the, uh, actually from the uh, Wuhan lab, these are doctor researchers at the Wuhan lab. They have shown in vitro, which is in the Petri dish, you know, in, in the lab, that uh, chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine are as effective uh, as the uh, remdesivir, which is what we were using intravenous in the hospital. So uh, they're saying hydroxychloroquine is a less toxic uh, alternative and is effective in, in, uh, in controlling the infection in vitro in the lab. So Trump was right. Yep. And you know what? This was also studied by, uh, by um, uh, a Korean uh, science group, medical group. They were part of the military institute. By the way, my wife graduated from, from there got her nursing degree from the military institute in South Korea, which at that time, I don't know, probably still is, was the preeminent school for doctors and nurses to go to. So, of course, you were in the military, you know, it's West Point kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, it's it's fascinating to see. And 
we're just not doing the research. It, most of the good research has actually come out of the Orient, out of Vietnam, China, Japan, South Korea. So we don't have to take this, this cooperating evidence here. We don't just need to take the Chinese word for it. No, we don't need to take the Chinese word for it because, you know, the Koreans, they're not, I mean, they're they're friendly with the Chinese, but they don't buy into a lot of that Chinese stuff. And and they're very clear that, that they see themselves as superior to the Chinese, just not as many of them. Mm. All right. Well, that's good news. So another another why, no, why, so it was just the press that was uh, taking this taking uh, the uh, drug down back then. Well, so did Fauci. Oh, Fauci too, yeah. So did there was an article in in the New England Journal and the British Medical Journal, and, and uh, there was a worldwide consensus that it was baloney. And then the next week, uh, the uh, the uh, British Medical Journal and the New England Journal of Medicine took it down and said that their data was falsified and that it wasn't true. But you never heard Fauci come back and say, oh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I remember him in, in the spring two years ago. What is this, 20, or was it 2020? What's well, almost three years ago now, huh? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sitting there in front of Congress and bad-mouthing Trump and saying that, this, that the hydroxychloroquine did not work. What a, what a. You yeah. were taking it back then, weren't you? Absolutely. I took it until the vaccine came out every day. And you know what happened? Trump stopped taking it, and uh, and he got the, the COVID right before the first debate, which I, I think was really fatal for him. I think he could have won that debate uh, if he had been a, a little bit more gathered. But Yeah, he, he wasn't was, himself for that debate, that's certain. No, most people say, oh, he sounded like himself. I said, no, he's off. He's not. He's not his usual sharp self with some of the comebacks. I mean, he could have really laid into uh, Biden. Biden said some really stupid things that he could have gone after, but uh, I don't. I think he was really sick at that point. Yeah. Well, oh. you know what? You were on top of it, though. You were taking it. You were saying, "Go ahead and get it if you can get it." Yeah. And the other thing, Ken, with this post-COVID cough that I've got. You know what I did not do? I gave myself the uh, Paxlovid, which, by the way, is just miraculous. I mean. All these people are coming back in and follow up that we gave Paxlovid to for the virus this this trip around, and uh, they said I felt better the next day. They're telling me they feel great, and then the people who wouldn't take it, they're all sick for weeks. But the one thing I did not do, which I'm doing for all of my patients, is giving them a steroid, a prednisone steroid dose pack for five days, which decreases the inflammatory response. And as I've said in the past, the Worst part of this whole COVID virus is the inflammatory response. So I didn't do that. I don't know why I didn't take a, a, a Medrol dose pack. I should have. But. <laughs> you got you to find a better doctor. I know. <laughs> I'm not looking at myself in the mirror anymore. I'm only going to look at somebody else. Just let the wife make all the prescription decisions then. Oh, she's, she's my little uh, overseer. Oh, my God, Ken, you wouldn't believe it. She was fit to be tied the other morning. She keeps going on these websites to look up things, and they have that. Uh, they have one of those. I don't forget which one it is, uh, uh, Avast or one of those sites that that sells. Uh, oh, you mean like, a, like an eBay kind of thing? 
no antivirus. Oh, antivirus thing. Okay. Yeah, and then and then they they take over your browser, and so then I have to go back in <laughs> and undo all of that. And so I went down and I said, "You got to stop doing this." Oh, she was fit to be tied through things and you know kicking and stomping and yelling at me she pr- apologized later and i showed her i said look what is it you're trying to do she says i want to i want to check your spelling when when i work on your charts so i showed her how to left click and uh, use the google spell check and the word spell check and then also showed her how to highlight a word uh, when you're online and then you can left click it and it'll it'll google will say you want to go right to this word and see what it means so now she's happy and she apologized and uh you know i'm healing thankfully <laughs> i'm able to do the show this morning <laughs> so she was picking up viruses that what she was doing she was well it's an antiviral uh i forget which one it is safe search or something yeah if, but what they do is they seize your your browser and then they can put on advertisements for their antiviral ah, crap okay. try to get you to buy it but I've, I've been with Norton for years, and they seem to be adequate. That's who I use usually at home. Yeah, and they have a they have like an enterprise package. Uh, uh, they call it Ultra U L T R A, and you pay one fee, and it's unlimited computers. And with you know twenty computers now, oh my God, I you know it's getting expensive buying individual uh, antiviral programs for each of the computers. So now that's saved us some money. Takes a while for you to, for me to get smart, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to tell you about an interesting case. This is a, an unusual disease. It used to be called Wegener's, W-E-G-E-N-E-R-S, and it's uh, uh, granulomatosis with polyarteritis, uh, GPA, and this is an autoimmune disease that's related to things like. Uh, lupus and rheumatoid arthritis and psoriasis only this is a really bad one and i've got a patient and she is uh in the hospital well she just got out yesterday but she came in sick as a dog i had her on real high dose cortisone uh, because she had a flare-up of her wagoners and uh, i have to had to talk her back into getting on one of the stronger drugs this affects everything uh, your respiratory tract, you can get chronic sinus problems, uh, lung nodules, they look like uh, tuberculosis, kidney failure, which was what killed people in the past. Now we know how to treat it a little better if you can keep people on their medications because it's not an easy course. It requires not only steroids like prednisone or cortisone, but also uh, we use big gun anti-cancer agents like methotrexate and uh, azathioprine and the symptoms are, you know, this is a rare disease, but you, you have a lot of symptoms that look similar to things like TB with fever and night sweats, fatigue, weight loss, uh, eye involvement, uh, retinal involvement, I mean, it, and it can attack everything. Lungs, heart, you can get inflammation around the heart, uh, you can get renal failure, and and uh, it, it used to be a uniformly fatal disease. You can even get neuropathies, Ken. And she came in with a numb feet, and she said, I feel like I'm walking on glass. At any rate, I got her over this acute infection, and uh, she didn't want to be on the methotrexate, which is, you know, it's not a nice drug, but uh, in low doses, it's very effective at keeping you alive, which uh, is, I would think. Paramount, yes. Well, to the alternative. <laughs> but, 
it, it's a fascinating disease. Now, one of the side effects or potential complications, not side effect, but potential complications is something that we call progressive multifocal leukoencephalopathy. Now, this is most commonly seen in people with HIV. So about 85% of the people who have this infection have HIV. Uh, we're getting better at treating this. This is a, a, a strand of DNA. Um, it doesn't have a capsule around it. And so it's in the viral family. And you know, viruses are pro-life, Ken, because they don't carry on any real uh, life functions until they get into a cell and then they don't do it themselves. They manipulate the cell into doing it. So they don't respirate. They don't, uh, they don't reproduce. They don't uh, have any metabolic activity. They're just inert pieces of genetic material, either DNA or RNA. And uh, they don't do anything until they get into a cell that is compatible with their, with their genetic material and they can manipulate that cell to make more little little viruses. So at any rate, if you have one without a capsule around it, most of the viruses have a capsule and that, that attaches to the cell and then it injects itself into, the, into the, uh, the human or the animal cell or the plant cell, then uh, we call those prions and they, they're really uh, nasty little buggers. But you know, a large percentage of the population has this virus or this viral-like uh, system. But if you are immunosuppressed, then you could have this thing flare up and go into your brain and it's like mad cow disease. And uh, what triggers it? What kind of thing triggers it? Uh, HIV, uh, big gun uh, anti-metabolites that we use for cancer or for autoimmune diseases like uh, uh, methotrexate, azathioprine, uh, Celsept, Imuran, different different medications that we use can suppress your immune system. We seem to be able to fight it if we're in, in, in good health, but if we have some immunosuppression like people have with HIV and people have when they're on big gun anti-cancer medications, and even some of the uh, biologics now, even some of the monoclonal antibodies predispose us to, to these things and some of the uh, uh, biologics that we're taking by mouth. So uh, this, is, this is unusual to see, but it does happen. And uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating and deadly disease. Yeah, it doesn't so, sound very, very nice at all, Doc. Nope, it attacks your, your brain tissue and, uh, you know, you end up with a mad cow-like syndrome. I feel so bad for this. You said a woman has it, a patient of yours, yeah. Yeah, and she doesn't have it, but she doesn't want to be on the uh, on the methotrexate. And I said, look, you're going to die. You know, your her sedimentation rate, which is a nonspecific test of the level of inflammation in our bodies, was 140. The normal is 20. I've never seen anything with 140. And this, what we do is we take a, a anticoagulated blood and we set it in a column and we watch to see how long it takes the red blood cells and how far they fall uh, over a period of time. So uh, the more they fall, the less thick your blood is because the uh, factors that have to do with fighting infection uh, are gobbled up in the process of, of these autoimmune diseases. So it, it's it's fascinating to see, but uh, she's like, you never told me that. I said, I'm 
masks. And I've told you that over and over again. This is a deadly <laughs> disease. But, you know, it's hard to hear that. It's hard to hear that. Yeah. Said, if you don't uh, get on something more than prednisone, you're probably going to die. Um, you're going to get a fatal lung infection or something. But that's what you got to do if you're a doctor. You got to be direct and repetitive. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like school. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, you got to pound it in their head sometimes. Yeah, you got to go over it and over it and over it again. Meanwhile, in downtown Atlanta, did you hear about the Antifa riots over this guy that was killed who was an activist? Uh, I guess the state police shot him when he uh, was threatening to them. And now they, they were rioting in Atlanta. I don't know how bad the riots are. You know, the riots aren't like they used to be. We used to have really good riots. Back in the 60s, we knew how to Back riot. Back in the 60s, I mean, whole city blocks were burned down. <laughs> now they're throwing firecrackers. <laughs> <laughs> now they block an off-ramp. Remember when the, the, the Vietnam uh, protests shut down Manhattan mm-hmm. one, one day? It shut it down completely. Yeah. You, you couldn't go from one end of town to the other because the protesters had it shut down in front of the, uh, I guess, the U.N. building and then all the way back to the, uh, to the river. So, so, yeah, they don't know what they're doing when it comes to protests. No, they need they need they need us senior citizens to show show them how. That's to, right, rank amateurs. Take a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> oh, those were the days, Doc. They were, I mean, things were so much warmer then. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Manuel Esteban Paez Tehran, he was the activist who was killed, and he was at the upset because the Atlanta public. Safety training centers being set up to help the cops learn how to handle uh, bad boys and girls. And uh, and then a Georgia state trooper was shot. Uh, the protesters tried to kill him, but he's stable at this point. When did all this happen? Somehow I missed this whole thing. Uh, this has happened over the past few days. Uh, the uh, The report I have on the downtown protest was from last night. I think it was the 21st or Friday night, I can't remember, Friday or Saturday night. But it's been going on for the past week. Uh, this has been heating up in Atlanta. What a wonderful city. Atlanta? <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you don't have to drive anywhere. I was going to say, as long as you're not driving through it, it's probably fine. As long as you're not driving anywhere. <laughs> or flying in and out of it. Yeah, that's that's not good. No, I hadn't heard about any of this. So I've uh, got to catch up on my news. Obviously, I'm not paying attention. Yeah, and over 50 people have been injured so far from what I have seen. Oh, and speaking of violence, remember that kid, uh, the Virginia boy who shot his teacher? Yes. Oh, he said he wanted to burn her and uh, torture, and uh, he also said that uh, he hated her, and he had terrorized the whole classroom. I guess he blocked the door and wouldn't let him out of the classroom one day, and she even went to the principal's office and said, you got to do something about this kid. And they said, no, just ignore it. Mm-hmm. Whoops. She's got a hell of a loss. Yes, she does, doesn't she? She is. Abigail Zwerner, Zwerner, Z-W-E-R-N-E-R. And she told other people, and she had filed a report, and she, you know how they got out of the classroom? No. This kid was had locked them in. I don't know how this six-year-old kid figured out how. He must be huge. Sorry about that. I thought I had that on mute. Um, at any rate, he must have been a big kid to hold that door shut. But she's pounding on the door, and the teacher across the hall finally heard her and came over and let him out. <laughs> wow. 25 years old, shot in the chest. 
Unbelievable. Where did he get the gun? I know he got it from home, right? Yeah. With that, they, yeah. Parents said that it was secured. Apparently it wasn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they made a mistake. And they said usually they went to school with him every day, but the day that he shot her, they missed that day. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Did they miss the day where he had them all locked in the classroom too? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I, I, it, it's... I mean, you, you got to admire these teachers that will go into these public schools and uh, deal with this nonsense, but it, it's really society's fault for allowing this to occur. These kids, as I've said before, they should all be, especially the boys, when they come into pre-K, they should be uh, screened, given psychological testing, and find out which ones are in the abuse and neglect category, which ones have major psychiatric problems. And get them out of there. Yeah, find out which ones are killing the kittens, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and and then get them some help. Uh, go into the families, into the homes. Uh, my sister did this in Louisville. She worked for, for the regional uh, agency that was actually contracted with the county to provide social work, and she'd go into these homes where there was abuse and neglect, and she'd act as a foster grandparent. And she, her her take on it was as long as you go in there and you keep going in, you can do some good. But once you quit going in, once you think you've cured them, they just slip right back into the same patterns. So, but it's a big debate. Do you take these kids out of the home and put them in foster homes? We did that for years, and then that wasn't popular. Uh, and now what do we do? Now we don't do that anymore. And now we got all these kids that are out there that uh, have had all kinds of problems and have been in abusive situations and neglect, and they're little sociopaths. Well, the cost of mental health care is extraordinary, though, when it comes to, you know, school districts and things. They just don't have the budgets for that. Yeah, I know, and that, you know, we've talked about this before. All the uh, mental health institutes and hospitals have been closed down over the years because of the... uh, the increased and uh, effectiveness of psychiatric medications, if you can get them to take it. But <laughs> yeah, still the psychiatric medications they don't help bad personality disorders. They won't. They won't cure sociopathy. They won't cure narcissism. They won't cure borderlines. They, it just doesn't work. Now you can maybe control some of the symptoms, uh, but. Uh, whether it's genetic or environmental or a combination of the two, we're not sure. How are other countries dealing with it? It's got to be a problem everywhere. I'm sure. I'm sure. But you can, you know, you can control some of the symptoms like depression. You can give antidepressants and you can control some of the impulse of behavior by giving uh, medications that we use for seizure disorders in, in lower doses. And that does seem to help some people. But keeping them on it, oh, my God, you know. Keeping them on it is just tough because people feel better. And they say, well, I don't need this anymore. Hmm. So they stop taking it, and next thing you know. Yeah, next thing you know, they're in trouble. I can't tell you the number of people who have come into my office and said, I don't think I need to be on this antidepressant. I said, well, you sure look better to me. I don't feel any better. Trust me, you're better. (laughs) You you (laughs) That's why you come to the doctor for an objective opinion. Is it a cost thing? Are they costly drugs? People no, just can't afford it's, it. It's dirt now. Is I mean, it really? People, yeah, I think we can get a bottle of a hundred for you know a few bucks from our wholesaler. So hmm. it's it's really cheap. Most of these drugs are now uh, generic. The antidepressants, uh, a lot of the antipsychotics are generic and relatively cheap. Uh, but uh, 
dealing with one patient in the hospital and she has uh, manic depressive illness. And one day she says, I want Geodon. And the next day she says, no, I don't want Geodon. So, you know, what am I supposed to do? And then she refuses her medications and she says, I don't want to go to a psychiatric facility. Well, we don't know what to do with you. But you send them there and, you know, they keep them for a few days and get them on their medicines and then they let them go home. Yeah. You, you can't put the pill in their mouth, can you? Not, not you. Well, I'm not going home with them. <laughs> yeah. I'm already living with two crazy people, me and my wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough for me. All right. Time for a question, Doc. We're getting close to the uh, bottom of the hour here. Oh, my God. And let's do a question here while we get ready for that. We have two Dr. Bill, your Radio MD coffee mugs up for grabs at 877-969-8600. That's 877-969-8600. All you have to do is answer one simple question. The first caller at 877-969-8600 with the correct answer will win the two coffee mugs. The question this morning is... What kind of virus gave Doc some trouble this week? What kind of virus gave Doc some trouble this week? If you know, give us a call at 877-969-8600. Ain't that right, Doc? You got it. We'll let them cough on that for a few minutes. There you go. <laughs> See what comes up. And uh, meanwhile, when we come back, we'll talk about what we're doing to help or not help uh, uh, the Ukraine. It looks like the uh, English are going to send some of their higher-end tanks over there, and I guess the European Union is talking about their leopard tanks sending those, but Germany's a holdout. We don't know exactly what's going on. And then there's some fighting within NATO because in, uh, I think it was Sweden, they had some riots or some protests from the right wing, and they burnt a Koran. <laughs> <laughs> so not... that got Turkey all upset. Yeah, that's not going to be good, yeah. You burnt the holy book, and we're not going to agree to let you in NATO. And by my man, man, man. Yeah. bunch of kids. All right, we'll be right back, everybody. And I hope everybody's having fun. And get your butts back here in a minute. I'm Doctor Bill, your Radio MD. Here's the latest from the Answer News Center. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. More classified documents. Another search, this one by the FBI Friday. The President Biden's home in Willington, uh, Wilmington, Delaware, has turned up a trove of more material containing classified markings. The President's personal lawyer says the search was overseen by the Justice Department and lasted nearly 13 hours. Police say a suspect is still on the loose after killing 10 people and wounding 10 others at a Los Angeles area dance club last night. It was a Lunar New Year's celebration. It's not clear what the motive might have been. Five years after making its debut, hashtag MeToo organization's Time's Up is ceasing operations. There it's been plagued with scandal and a few other problems, including having dealings with then-Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York. They say they're now putting all their money into a legal defense fund. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. 
here. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser, doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi, 727-577-2220, 727-577-2220. The latest from AccuWeather at the top and bottom of the hour, only on AM860, The Answer. Today, we'll have intervals of clouds and sunshine with a passing shower. It'll be breezy in the afternoon with a high 77. Today, mostly cloudy. We'll have brief showers in the evening, followed by showering spots late. The low will be 62. Tomorrow, intervals of clouds and sunshine with a high 68. Tomorrow night, cooler with patchy clouds with a low 50. Tuesday, mostly cloudy with a high 76. That's your accurate weather forecast. I'm Garrett Beck on AM 860. The answer. A little jazz this morning help you out with your day i'm a jazz guy i've always been a jazz guy ken oh me too i think i bought my first jazz album when i was 12 years old who was it do you remember uh it was probably dave brubeck or charlie bird or both okay i signed up for one of these uh, back in the day when they had those record clubs and my parents said well, you know, Billy, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to pay for it because it's recurring. You know, you'd, you'd sign up and you'd get a discount, but you had to buy something every month or two. At any rate, I did that for a while. My father was getting involved in one of those ones. We ended, yeah. up, we ended up with all these classical music albums that nobody ever listened to. <laughs> I've always loved music, but uh, finding time for it, that's that's the thing. Well, I'm a trombone player from way back, so. Well, you know, you, it, it, sometimes it interferes with football, which is. <laughs> <laughs> got to have priorities in life. That's right. You got to have priorities in life. So at any rate, I was talking about uh, Stockholm. Uh, there was a big protest and burning a copy of the Koran on Saturday, yesterday. And they were protesting Turkey's refusal to, to um, commit to letting Sweden into the uh, NATO and the reason the Turks are upset is because the Swedes have given sanction to some of the uh, Kurdish, quote, quote, terrorists. You know, the Kurds have been trying to break away from uh, from eastern Turkey and take a chunk of their property with them. And uh, 
there there have been some uh, violent groups there, and so the Turks say, well, if you're going to support these terrorists, then we're not going to support you. And you say, well, why don't we just throw the the Turks out of NATO? Well, guess what? They control the Dardanelles, and if if they turn and become friendlier with Russia, then the Russians have got a, an access immediately to the Mediterranean. And I'm not sure we want that, especially at this point. So, Well, the Turks don't play very nice with us. I'll say that for them. Well, I think they, they just have a little bit different outlook on life. And uh, the uh, foreign minister said we'd condemn in the strongest possible terms the vile attack on our sacred book and our morals and values. And... Uh, permitting this anti-Islam act, which uh, targets Muslims and insults our sacred values under the guise of freedom of speech, is completely unacceptable. And I, I don't think that uh, that all Turks feel that way. Uh, and, and I would imagine that a lot of the Turkish hierarchy, they go and do what they want, you know, even though uh, Allah says don't drink, you know, they go. <laughs> right, absolutely. They go and sip a little bit here and there. I told you about the Aga Khan. Did did I tell you this story? I don't think so. Uh, the Aga Khan, he had some big imam visiting him, and uh, the Aga Khan was he was he was kind of like the 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 king of of the of the Muslims in in the day back in Turkey. He was he he was uh, royalty, but he was also the spiritual leader, and uh, he offered a glass of wine to his his uh, visiting imam, and the imam said. Aga, Allah says we can't drink. He says, oh, it's okay. It'll turn to water when it touches your lips. And that's how he figured out <laughs> really? how to get around. Okay. <laughs> Hard to believe. Did that work with tequila too? I think so. Okay, great. <laughs> so at any rate, I, I, I did want to share this with you because I uh, had an interesting conversation. We were out with our accountant uh, for dinner what was it, Friday night, and we had a doctor here in town in St. Petersburg, and this may not be of great interest, except that he was a plastic surgeon here, and uh, he had a fairly thriving practice in, in St. Petersburg, uh, close to downtown. He's a well-known, well-liked guy, and uh, very sociable and all that. Apparently, he has a brother, or had a brother, who was a little on the on the deranged side, and he and his wife had actually... Uh, caught in a place up in uh, Brooksville for this this guy, and they all went up there for some reason, the family and everything. And the brother went crazy, Ken, and he grabbed a gun. He was going to kill everybody. And uh, so this Dr. Newman, he fought with his brother, and his brother shot him, and then he shot his brother dead. My and goodness. They both died. Uh, he was in the hospital for um, a week or so on life support. I guess he got hit in the liver, some major artery, and he bled, and I guess he was brain dead by the time they resuscitated him. And uh, But uh, it's it's something else, isn't it? That's, <laughs> wow. You know, the, uh, it, psychiatric illness and uh, firearms. Just don't make, this don't make good uh, bed. They don't mix. Yeah, yeah. They don't mix. And I'm not saying that uh, schizophrenics commit any more crimes than anybody else, but uh, when they do, it can you know, uh, manic depressives, schizophrenics, bad personality disorders, they can be really spectacular crimes. <laughs> I mean, you know, killing a, a major physician here in town. 
And did you hear about the uh, out in uh, L.A. Uh, the uh, guy shot up, killed ten people, wounded another ten at a at a nightclub during the the Tet, uh, uh, you know, the the Chinese New, New Year. New Year, yeah, the Asian New Year, yeah. Which is today, by the way. The, the wife keeps saying it's Chinese New Year. I said, well, what do you want to do? You want to go out to dinner or what? No, I'm just sitting at home and drinking wine. I said, okay, we'll get drunk together and <laughs> celebrate the New Year. So at any rate. Um, I'm guessing it was a Vietnamese uh, nightclub, and he killed. This was yesterday, or Friday. He did killed, they get him? I don't know if they, did they catch him. Do they no, have him? He's still on the loose. Wow. He's still on the loose. So usually those guys make it easy and just kill themselves right there. Yeah, well, that's the decent thing to do. That would be the decent thing. Save to us do. all the money of putting you away. It didn't happen with that kid down in uh, down in Texas after he shot up that school. I think they caught him. Did they kill him or did they catch him? I think they caught him, didn't they? I think so, yeah. I don't think they killed him. They killed him? I don't know. I don't I don't recall. I don't think they did. I know the one that uh, Harriet Stoneman over here in, in, on, in our side of the country, um, he went on trial. He's in prison for the rest of his life. Yes. And I, I saw him uh, at the trial. I don't think he really understood what the hell was going on. He looked like he was pretty befuddled. He thought he was going to be a hero. And instead, he ended up going to jail. Yeah, well, that's why what's his name killed John Lennon. He thought he was going to be a hero. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah. On the other side of the world now, over in India, the 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 price of eggs has gone up in India because India is exporting eggs all over the all over the East and the Middle East and the uh, and Southeast Asia and to Indonesia. Indonesia can't keep up the egg demand in their country. So they're buying it from India and you know, the price of eggs is what they've doubled in the past year. I was shopping the other day. I saw them for seven bucks uh, for a dozen. Uh, It's craziness, Ken eggs. Yes. I I guess there's a shortage of feed and um, uh, what else workers. Uh, uh, The avian flu or something took out a bunch of chickens and yep. Thousands of them. So, so egg prices are going up not only in the United States, all over the world, all over the world. I was we were shopping Friday night and I was picking up some lunch meat, and the roast beef was less expensive than the turkey. Are you serious? I was serious by two dollars a pound. Oh my gosh! Yeah, thank God I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't have those decisions I have to make. But eggs, you know, I do eat eggs, so I'm a little upset. I might get mad and throw some back raw eggs at the producers. Well, don't don't waste them like that. They're too expensive now. I got to show protest. <laughs> it's better than getting my Uzi out. <laughs> okay, well, if that's where you're at, Doc, yeah, go go with the eggs. Yeah, go with the eggs. <laughs> so the so Mumbai and Kuala Lumpur, they're making big deals, and eggs are being shuttled between India and uh, Malaysia and, uh, and probably Indonesia and. I think they also sell to the uh, Arab Emirates as well because I I can't imagine chickens would do real well in the desert. I don't know. Do they do the? Will they live in the desert? I don't believe so. So if they want eggs, they'll, they they'll be fried chicken before you know it. So switching back over to our neck of the woods, you know what is falling dramatically? Continues to fall even with uh, Biden in office and his pro-union uh, rhetoric, the number of union members continues to dwindle. Nobody's joining. Where the hell are they getting the money? That's what I want to know. 
I guess George Soros is back in a lot of these uh, uh, union type people, left wing nonsense and all that. Do you do you know anything about that? Where is it? If the union memberships are dropping off so dramatically, how do they still have so much power? Maybe they don't. Maybe it's just perceived power now. It may be, and it may be that the that the left wing press and uh, the uh, regime that's in power now in the White House, the socio fascists, as I like to call them, have convinced people that the unions are important and powerful. But the worker bees aren't buying it. They're not buying it. Well, the trucker union, I think, is still pretty strong. Which one? The truckers. Yeah, the truckers. But is that really a union, or is that just kind of like a? a, a, a protection <laughs> i don't know well when they all strike it gets a little iffy you know so yeah because that shuts down the whole country right and they usually and, and the government usually intervenes somehow yeah just like they did with the railroad strike back in december you know we don't know what all kinds of inside deals were made but uh, apparently the government stepped in and put the quietus to that i think congress stepped in too didn't they i think so yeah and of course you got the um the union that most of the um, government employees belong to, Ask Me, I think it is, the Association of Something of Something. Yep. And yep. then you got your teachers union. So that's about the big three. That's about all still yeah. out there. Yeah. And the, well, the uh, the actors, the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, oh, that's a joke. I can tell you. I can tell you <laughs> from experience that that one is a joke. Yeah, I think that's just. Uh, uh, oh, oh, I think that's just part of the protection racket uh, industry there, that you can't get a job at certain levels of acting and uh, announcing if you're not a member of the Screen Actors Guild. That's right. SAG, they call it. SAG. SAG after it's called. So basically it's a way of restricting competition. And they, uh, you know, they take their 15%. Well, yeah. I mean, you can't just tie it. you got to tie the end a half. Yeah, so everything you make if you're in SAG... 15% 15% of it goes to the union. So we were sitting around the lunchroom yesterday, and a couple of the doctors who are friends, uh, one guy's from uh, from Honduras and another guy's from Asuncion, which is what, Uruguay or Paraguay, I forget which one. And then uh, our our infectious disease doctor, she is from the Dominican Republic and the, and the, and the Caribbean, as you know. And, you know, they're having big riots down in Peru and Lima and everywhere. And by the way, tourists are being stranded at Machu Picchu. You know what Machu Picchu is? No, I'm not familiar with that. Uh, Machu Picchu is the old uh, Inca uh, ruin that's up on top of the mountain that everybody who has has a travel bucket list has to go to at least once. I ain't going. But um, I've seen it enough on Nat Geo that I don't (laughs) – I'm no longer interested. But at any rate – you have to hike up to it because there's no road. So the, the tour buses drop you off at the base and you, you know, you walk up several hundred feet and, uh, and then guess what? They can't get off the mountain because of the riots. So all the roads are blocked. So <laughs> they have to have helicopters come in and, and, and get them out and get them back to the airport uh, in Lima and uh, help, help them get out of the country. So a lot of people, who I know who were going to go down there and visit family or vacation or whatever, they're not going because of the riots in, in Lima. And uh, what what are they rioting over? Well, the rioters want communism. They want it? They want communism. And so in Chile, they're having the same fight. And, of course, the same thing's going on in Brazil uh, with the right and the left. And 
and my friends are saying it it may be a total sweep of communism through most of South America. I'm like, what are we doing? What is the Biden administration doing? Are they doing anything to stop this? Or are they just going to buy oil from Venezuela? I mean, I, Ken, this is out. This is completely out of control. I am upset. And I want my money back. How can that be happening <laughs> in I our know. hemisphere? In our hemisphere? How can Which, we let that happen? My entire childhood, we spent fighting the Cold War to stop communism. And here we go, encouraging it. What are we thinking? Nicaragua's uh, back to their old socialist crap. And, uh, you know, people are trying to get out of Nicaragua, Cuba, Venezuela. I guess we're, we're trying to hold people back. Colombia's getting enmeshed in all of this. And, and people with a brain are saying, you better get out while you can, because if they turn into a socialist, socio-fascist regime, then they come up here and they go, hey, what's going on? Yeah, no kidding. Doing the same thing. What's the CIA doing? Come on, get with it, boys. I don't know if you remember uh, the Dominican Republic had a dictator back in the 50s and 60s named Trujillo. Don't recall the name, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, and and uh, we went in. It, because things got so outrageous there, we went in and assassinated him and stabilized the country and got him back on track. But then Gerald Ford, as you recall, came along in the late 70s, and he said, we're no longer going to assassinate people. That's not our duty. Um, we're not going to have the CIA do that. And I guess he passed some executive order outlawing assassinations of foreign leaders, which kind of hurt my feelings. I mean, it was... <laughs> Was I was kind of enjoying that, you know, some of these thugs taken out. Well, that um, you know, I'm, a lot of people are still not sure that they didn't do that to Kennedy. Yeah, I don't think so. I think uh, I think what people don't realize is is how, and I hear this all the time. How can you get off three shots in a minute or five shots in a minute with a with a bolt action? Believe me, I can get off five shots in a minute with a bolt action and be fairly accurate. Maybe not now, but in my youth, I could. That's that's not a big deal. Um, and uh, they say, well, the mafia may have put him up to it. Well, there may have been some mafia behind that that, uh, that you know subtly encouraged him to do something or get you because he was crazy, Oswald, and uh, gave him the idea. But uh, and, you know, he was in Moscow for a while in Cuba, and they threw him out of everywhere. <laughs> Nobody wanted him. <laughs> Because he was a whack job, and uh, well, so he was I, in the army though. I think he was a sharpshooter, wasn't he? He was a marine. He was a marine. Okay, he was a sharpshooter. He got his badge and and basic training, and he could shoot that rifle. What was that? An M1, I believe, which was a pretty good rifle. Pretty good rifle, and you know, from several hundred yards away, it was fairly accurate. Fairly accurate. So he did a good job. Uh, I mean, it was a bad thing, but he did a good job at it. I mean, he, he got him, uh, and, uh, it's hard to believe, but you can get off five shots pretty easily with a bolt action. If you're well-trained and you have a steady hand and a good eye, you can do it. And he was trained. And you remember full metal jacket? Sure. You remember D'Onofrio when he went crazy and, uh, shot his seat as, uh, yeah. his drill sergeant and then right. himself. You know his drill sergeant when he took him out onto the uh, onto the uh, uh, rifle range the first time he said, "You know who learned how to shoot the way they shot, and you know where they learned it? Lee Harvey Oswald, right here in the U.S. Marine Corps." <laughs> so 
They're quite proud of that, I guess. <laughs> I mean, not that he killed Kennedy, but that he was such a He was such a good shot, yeah. Yeah, he was such a good shot. He was so proficient. But I don't know. I've, Congress has had five different investigations into the Kennedy shooting, and they could never find anything. Never. And I saw one good piece. Uh, there were a lot of BS uh, pieces on, on TV and, and uh, YouTube and all that. And I found one good piece where a forensic audiologist, who's a guy that you know, does a hearing uh, re- sound-related uh, investigation into crimes, he set all of his equipment up and reproduced all the sounds. And he showed that how all of the shots uh, came from one rifle and just echoed off at different buildings, and that's why people thought there were multiple shooters. Well, that kind of makes sense, certainly. So, I, if if there was a plot, it, it was uh, it was way way above. And come on now, no plot is that good that that it cannot be discovered. I mean, these are government people. Well, that Ruby shot him. I mean, it all looks so suspicious. Everything looks suspicious. Yeah, when when uh, Ruby shot him, that that really heightened the suspicion. And maybe there was something to the mafia's involvement. Because, yeah, the first thing you do is kill the killer. You know. Yeah, because Ruby was uh, on the fringe. He was, uh, you know, in the Jewish mafia lower level. But uh, who knows? But you know, the Jewish side of the family we're a little crazy anyway. <laughs> we might just go out and kill somebody because we love Kennedy. And if you hurt Kennedy, I'm going to get you. And I'll tell you what, I was sitting in freshman in high school in class in the afternoon when they announced it, and I went, huh. And I thought that my our teacher brother, Marcus, or whoever he was, I thought he was going to come back there and beat me up. I mean, oh, really? shut up, Andelman. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't. Wow. <laughs> the Catholic side of the family wasn't happy either because, you know, that was the first. First Catholic non- president, yeah. First non-Protestant president. There have been no Jewish presidents. There been no. There were no Catholic presidents prior to that, and that was a big deal. That was a big deal. Oh yeah, is he going to? Is the Pope going to be ruling the country now? They were saying, yeah, it was a huge, a huge campaign issue. I think the Pope then was John the Twenty Third, and he was a really nice guy. None of the hierarchy of the Church liked him. He was the people's Pope. He was the most popular Pope in history. With the people, did you know that? I didn't, but I remember my mom liked him a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, he was he was really a great man, and he started the whole ecumenical movement. He said, "This is silly for Christians to be fighting each other and have all these subsects." He said, "Basically, we believe the same things, which is that there's one God, that there's a Trinity, that Jesus came and died for our sins, that there was an immaculate conception, and a few of the basic tenets of Christianity that that most of the Christians agree on." I mean, you know, I'm I'm not. As you know, I'm not a, a big believer in, in the in the metaphysical, but uh, understandably, it made good sense. It made good sense. Why are people fighting when basically they hold the same beliefs? And I think that you can expand that to uh, Christianity and Islam too. But uh, convincing the Muslims that we hold the same beliefs as they do is not going to be an easy. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. Not in our lifetime. No. Oh, by the way, Doc, before we get, we're running out of time here, I just want to throw up, nobody won. Nobody won the question today. Did anybody call? Oh, yeah, absolutely. They were all saying COVID, COVID, COVID. And what I was looking for was virus protection. I said, what kind of virus? Oh, the prednisone. You know, I was thinking COVID, too. It's the way you worded that question. I guess it's my fault. Nobody understood Your the question. Fault. I want everybody to call back and demand a mug. And you know what? I'm going to give my mugs back because of that. 
Well, I'll tell you what. Just the first person that called, tell them to call back, and you can mail your mugs to them. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, it's a confusing question. I, yeah, sorry. And, I'm, folks, I'm sorry for Ken. He's a little, you know, he's getting a little microvascular dementia from <laughs> the cigarette smoking and blood pressure and cholesterol problems. But, And, by the way, I am HIPAA compliant. I will protect your anonymity and your medical record, except Ken, <laughs> who's a public figure on the radio every day. And hey, every my day. life's an open book. Go ahead. I don't care. I, I mean, so is mine. It's like, what's wrong with you? Where do you want to start? With the sinuses, the lungs, the prostate, <laughs> the knees, the back? <laughs> yeah, we'll start with my Achilles tendon and keep going up the body until we get to where I'm losing my hair. Why does that happen? What happens to men when we start getting into our 50s and we losing our hair? I don't understand that. Um, the uh, uh, the uh, problem is with the dihydrotestosterone, which is the uh, testosterone is converted to dihydrotestosterone, and that's what stimulates the, the male characteristics when we're younger. Uh, it gives you the male genitalia, male escutcheon, uh, hairy face, and, you know, m- the monkey ape look. So I was destined to be, hair, uh, to be uh, mostly bald before I was even born. You were. Oh, and darn. Genetically, there are... Uh, it, there's a certain amount of, uh, of uh, uh, insensitivity to the testosterone products as we grow older, uh, and that even though our testosterone levels may be adequate, you know, our sex drive drops off, our drive drops off, we lose hair. Uh, so there, there's some of that, but a lot of it's genetic, too. I bet your father was bald. Grandfather. Grandfather. And father. And father. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, I don't know. It seemed like on the same day I stopped growing hair on my head and it started growing out of my ears. I thought maybe there's some sort of blockage there. Well, it's, you know, you're not losing hair. It's just migrating south. I guess so. It's got smart. Yeah, stay south for the winter. My nose, my ears, my back. (laughs) And my wife, the first time that she saw me with no shirt on, she said, oh, my God, you're a monkey. You're an ape. Because, you know, the Koreans, they don't have any hair. And when I went over there and visited, you know, I told you this, it was in the in the public bass with the guys and and i thought they'd be interested in my genitalia or something they're all like touching me where'd you get all that hair dude (laughs) (laughs) they were just amazed at how hairy the uh, caucasians were (laughs) unbelievable unbelievable you got the back hair doc you got the back hair i'm sorry you do have the back hair hair on the back back hair yeah and uh but we had the we had the chlorine so high in our hot tub here at the townhomes that uh, it burnt most of the hair off my body. So now I'm starting to look like a bald old man all over. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're uh, feeling a little better, Doc. You sound better this week. So yeah, well, I've been taking some medicine, and um, I think that that it's helping. I'm taking some antihistamines and taking some decongestants, and I'm popping some prednisone intermittently. I'm trying not to take too much. Uh, meanwhile, the Ukraine's begging for more tanks, and I'm worried about my cough. Um, I told you they're, they're, they're getting some tanks from Britain. They're getting Britain's uh, top-of-the-line tank, and the Germans are kind of holding out on sending the Leopard, which is the EU's uh, big tank. And, and we're saying that if we send the Abrams tank, they won't be able to keep them up and that they're really not meant for that kind of warfare. And, uh, you know, the the, uh, the military guys that are in the know, they're saying, baloney, that's just an excuse. Well, so, Doc, we got about 30 seconds left. You want to pick that up next week? 
Let's do it. And uh, I am Dr. Bill, your radio MD. You come see me at 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. I am your Dr. Bill in office, telemedicine. You want it, baby? We got it. <laughs> Have a great one, Ken. Love Thanks a lot, Doc. Talk to you next week. I'm back. Thank you for listening to Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Join Dr. Bill every Sunday morning at 9 for more insight, information, provocation, and fun. Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at Clinic. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.